Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. All right. Well, would you guys grab your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 5? The Bible says, God is faithful. To that work he has begun in you, he will be faithful to complete it. And sometimes, while he is working in one person's life right next to you, and even if you're Peter the Apostle, and don't get that there's a work going on. See, I think this is why Jesus had to stop the procession. There was God's Spirit working a marvelous thing for this woman. She had suffered for 12 years with this issue of blood, this hemorrhage, Luke calls it, that hemorrhaging for 12 years, going to physician after physician, paying, trying to get well, and nothing had worked. How would you feel if you went for 12 years to doctor after doctor after, and you still, you're, you're not only not well, you're worse than when you started. How would you feel about that? And this is, this is the Lord's kindness. This woman, she's just got, well, I, I got this actually from reading Matthew's account. She said to herself, if I know if I could just touch him, I'd be well. What faith that woman had. Uh, to me, she's awesome. I mean, she, she's like, I, I don't even need to touch him personally. I just, just, his robe would do. And she worked her way through that crowd. Can you imagine pushing and getting to the, trying to get just close enough? And when she finally got the touch. Now, this is interesting. As soon as she touched him, immediately, she was healed. Immediately. Now, who would know that she was healed immediately? Of the whole procession, the multitudes of people there, first of all, who's going to know she has a problem? Jesus and one other person, her. And who is going to know it stopped? Same two people, Jesus and her. She's going to know it because she's going to instantly feel it. The blood stops flowing. She'll be like, whoa. And Jesus turns and says, who touched me? Peter's like, Lord, they're all touching you. Come on. No, that's not what I mean, Peter. Power went out from me. Now, do you think Jesus didn't know who touched him? That's my question to you. He's going, who was that? Now, if you read Matthew's account, you know that's not what he was asking. There's a, he's got something. He's trying to show us something. He wants us to be aware of his workings even when we don't perceive it. I mean, you got Peter standing right there, and he doesn't even get a miracle just happened next to him. What? A woman healed of a hemorrhage from 12 years of suffering. Happens right next to you, Peter. Now, I'm only picking on Peter because, well, Mark just says, and the disciples. So you got the whole pack of them around Jesus. And do any of them say, oh, yeah, it was that lady over there? No. Just want you to point this out to you because, see, could God be working on someone here? And all the rest of us don't get it. I mean, like, while it's going on, it could be taking place right now. God's Spirit could be healing someone right now, and the rest of us would be like, oh, I didn't see nothing. Duh. And we'd be in good company, by the way. Because neither did the apostles. But why 
would he make sure that this story gets told three times? It tells the truth. We need to know that God can be at work in someone's life, and we might not even perceive it. See, now, let me just point this out. He asked the rhetorical question, who touched me? Verse 45 tells us, and while they're all denying it, Peter says, Lord, Master, the multitudes are crowding and pressing upon you. But Jesus said, no, someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him. And she declared it in the presence of all the people, the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What a beautiful thing. Now, a miracle just took place. They got to, they got to like, kind of find out about it after because they didn't actually catch that it happened. But they were, anyone ever wish you could, like, you think it's cool when you get to be present for miracle time? You know, when the Lord pulls off a miracle and you go, it's really cool when you actually perceive that it happened without the Lord having to say, excuse me. But, you know, he'll even help you open your eyes. And sometimes we just don't see the things of the spiritual realm going on. And this is very important for us in this day and age to understand. It, did the Lord quit working? You know, after he came to the earth and died and rose again and went to sit at the right hand of the Father, he just stopped doing things? Does he still answer our prayers? Does he still do miracles today? All the time. See, the, he said, but you see in this story, I was at work here. They didn't get it. While he was still speaking, a servant came from Jairus' house, the synagogue officials. And the servant told Jairus, um, your daughter has died. You don't have to trouble the teacher anymore. And so when Jesus heard this, it says in verse 50, he answered, he said, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe and she shall be made well. I don't know how Jairus reacted. I mean, I'm going to show you how the family reacts because Jesus is going to say it's going to be okay. But, but the servant just said too late. The girl's dead. He didn't make it in time. Now, I don't know if Jairus was in his mind thinking, I've often wondered if I was the dad, if I would have been mad that Jesus had to stop for some woman who touched him and he had to make a big deal out of it. I've been like, why did you have to stop? Why didn't you just let the woman be healed and go on her way and just, we could have hustled. Maybe we would have made it. I always try to put myself in the story in some place. You know, what What? What if I was dad and my girl, 12 years old, I've got an 11-year-old daughter. It, it was her. And I was going, please come, come. My little one is sick, and I need you, Jesus. Come, come. And then he's got to stop to do this whole thing about some woman. with it. I just said, look, just let the girl be healed. Let's go. You know, maybe my Italian would come out. I'd be like tugging him. Let's go, let's go. Clear path. Make way. Yeah, a little bit stronger in the head. Move. Lead the, I would have, like, punched a hole. Let's get him to, to my daughter. But the servants already said, too late. And Jesus says, no problem. No problem. She'll be, she'll be all right. So it says in verse 51, when they had come to the house. Now, 
I'm going to read it to you all since we're already here in Mark or in Luke's gospel. We'll go back to Mark in just a second. While they were already at the house, or I'm sorry, when they had come to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter in with him except for Peter and John and James and the girl's father and mother. And when they were all, it says, now they were all weeping and lamenting for her. But he said, stop weeping. For she has not died, she's just but asleep. Do you think they didn't know how to check a pulse? If someone's dead. Now this is really important because hold your finger here, because we gotta come back to this doctor's account in just a second. But in, in Mark's gospel, Mark records this for us that Verse 35 of Mark 5 says, while he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, he said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid any longer, only believe. So he allowed no one to follow him except for, and by the way, they both tell this detail. Who, who get, it's always the same, the inner circle I call them, Peter, James, and John. They get to go in, and it says, and they came to the house of the synagogue official, and they beheld a commotion going on. And there was people loudly weeping and wailing. This is, if you haven't ever seen a funeral in the Middle East, it's it's really almost unnerving. They have these wailers that, they're, 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 they're um, the mourners, that they, they have this trill that they do. This, and, and, and when someone's died, it's like, it, that was the best I could do. They do it higher and louder and screechier, and oh, it just kills you. It's like, ah, oh, what's that about? And they're like, someone died. That's that sound of just pain inside when someone died. Someone was cut off from the land of the living. And so they were making this commotion, weeping and wailing, it says. And, they, and, and it says, in entering in, Jesus said to them, why do you make the commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. Now, they were what? Mark tells us this. They were laughing at him. You're a really great spiritual teacher, buddy, but we know dead. This is dead. The girl's dead. So Jesus, it says, put them all out. And he took along his the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered, it says, into the room where the child was. And taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum. This is um, Arabic. It's a really, actually, really endearing phrase. It's, um, it translates, my little lamb. It's like my, my little girl, Raquel. My little lamb, he says, arise. It says, and immediately the girl got up and began to walk. For she was... 12 years old, and immediately they were completely astonished. It says here, but Jesus gave them strict orders that they don't say anything. Don't tell anyone. And he also gave orders that they would give her some food to eat. Give the kids something to eat. Jesus, Jesus covers all the bases. You know, raise you from the dead and get you fed. So my Nona, she was really big on the feeding people part. You always wonder why we... You know, somebody like, you, you do big breakfast before. It's an Italian thing. We have to do this. Jesus was part Italian, I'm sure. Well, no, he is Jewish, but, you know. 
or something carried over. And he says, he's like, he raised her from the dead. And he's like, good, now get her fed. And he told them, don't tell anyone. Now, by the way, Matthew's gospel, if you want to read, Matthew says this, that he told the same thing. Mom's the word. You got Peter, James, John, mom and dad. That's it. No one else was allowed up in the room. And he raised the girl, right? Get up. Here you go, little one. Arise. She pops up to life. You only got, besides Jesus, who, I'm not worried about him tattling. I only got Peter, James, John, mom, dad, and a little girl. Six of them. Six people. He says, you six. Shh. He says, it's a secret. Shh. Don't tell nobody. Turn back to Luke chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8, it says, and the, immediately when he told her child to rise, Luke tells us in Luke chapter 8, verse 55, and her spirit returned, and she rose up immediately, and, and he gave orders for something to be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed. But he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. Wait a minute, that's the same thing what Mark said. Can, can I show you something, though? Turn to Matthew. He said, don't tell anyone, right? Don't tell him, don't tell him, don't tell him. Matthew tells the same account, just a few extra details, extra credit for you tonight. You can read. Might build your faith when you see this written three different times, three different subtle little things. Verse 24, Mark, Matthew 9, he said, depart, for the girl is not dead, but she's asleep. And they're laughing at Jesus. When the crowd had been put out, he entered, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And verse 26 says, and this news went out into how much of the land? All. All of the land. He said, don't tell anyone. Isn't this amazing? When, when the Lord really does something, even if, you know, he makes an appointment with one guy who has a thousand demons. And then he tells the, the guy wants to follow Jesus. Remember after he was in his right let me follow you, Lord. No, go home, tell what I've done for you. And we have a historical record of Christianity spreading through the whole Decapolis, the whole region where that guy, that demon-possessed guy was from, the word got out. Now he heads and back to the multitudes, but he makes an appointment just. Do, do you think he knew there was going to be that one woman with the needing a, a little of God's power to touch her? Just kind of, I wonder if he just like stalled for a second as he was, you know, just he saw her trying to make his way. Just, you know, hi, guys. Somebody touch me. Little appointment with her. And now he takes the appointment with the girl. But he says, don't tell anyone. This is the, I got to change my whole approach to this. I'm going to teach you guys these things, and then I'm going to do something like Jesus did. Don't tell anyone what I taught today. It's a secret. See, everything within my fibers of my being says, I'm going to tell you guys about the stuff of the Lord, and then I want you to go tell as many people as you can. But every time I tell people, go tell others about this, they don't do it. 
So I'm going to take Jesus' approach from now on. Don't tell a soul. This is a secret what I'm telling you today. Okay? Don't tell anyone. It's a secret. Just because it's written in here, available for everyone to read, just don't tell anyone. Okay? Pr promise me you're not going to tell anyone what the sermon was about. Maybe I, I'll probably do better if I get, maybe I should try that approach. That's it. I'm stopping. Just, shh, this is a secret. Jesus takes time out to take care of individuals. Don't tell anyone, though. Okay? It's a secret. And he, he, even though they didn't understand it, they thought, if you know, think about, put yourself in the, in the shoes of the servant. After the girl dies, you have the duty of going and telling the master, Jaris, sorry, too late. You didn't get the, the teacher here in time. And can you imagine you're the servant walking back with Jaris and he's, I mean, he, he could have been just, I, I know what I would be. I'd be like undone. If my daughter, you know, I had almost got the guy back, but some lady held us up and I'd be fuming inside because... Why did he have to stop for the stinking, I mean, he could have just let the power go and keep going. Why did he have to stop and make a big to-do about it? And I've probably been a little steamed. But see, it's, it's only because of one thing. It's something that they did not understand. He said, it's going to be okay. Jesus said, it's going to be fine. She's only asleep. Now, it's ironic that the word asleep in their culture, if you said someone had fallen asleep, that saying, what were you saying? They, in Italian we say this, they're dead. They fell asleep. You know, just wave your hand across the neck. That means done. They're asleep. Finito. No more. But Jesus says, she's asleep. But it's not a problem. See, because I'm the son of God. And what they did not understand is they thought Jesus could only heal. They didn't understand he had the power over life and death. This is really important for our faith. This is probably the most important part I can glean from this story. If you can hear this today, Jesus can not only heal sick, he can resurrect dead. And to him, Though in our mind, we might think, you're taking too long. You're dilly-dallying. When are you going to come with me and get my thing taken care of, Lord? I got a big problem here. My daughter's dying. Don't you think that counts? Hurry up. You know, I think the Lord made it wait too long so that we'd understand it's never too long. For him. You know, what we think is, you're taking a long time giving me my answer, God. God goes, no, my timing is perfect. I just got to show you something a little bigger. See, because their understanding was Jesus could heal sick. But they didn't understand Jesus could do dead. He could heal dead. He could take dead and bring it back to life. They didn't understand that. That's a really important part of our faith. So I don't know about you, but I didn't sign up for Christianity just so he'd take care of me when I'm sick. How about you? Did you sign up just so you could get, you know, a little pass to get well whenever sickness visits you? No. I signed up because I could have 
Jesus said, I came to give you what? Health? No. Life. And life more abundantly. I came to give you everlasting life. And we get sidetracked, you know. We get bummed out. There's a circumstance. There's something bad happening. This is, my body's not doing good. My body's always hurting. My body's hurting really bad right now. And I'm going, Lord, you don't seem to really care, do you? He's like, not really. I already gave you everlasting life. What are you whining about? See, I I have this really short. My dad, he being raised in a military family, he didn't do whining very well. I mean, when I say that, I mean, he didn't let us whine very much because if we did, he, he used to say, you want to whine? I, I give you, you want to cry about something? They didn't say whine. He said, you want to cry about something? I give you something to cry about. And when he would say that, we knew we need to stop crying right then. He used to hit me and say, I started to cry. He said, you need to stop. But you just hit me and it hurts. I'm going to cry. I said, stop. I hit you again. Oh, oh, that's not right. No tolerance for you. You're not allowed to. That's it. You're done. You had enough cry. That's it. Over. Move on. I was like, you're not very nice. And unfortunately, I, I see that now I'm being tested with my children. Like, I want to stop that now. And I'm like, Lord, you say you are our heavenly father. You love us better than us earthly fathers love our own kids. You do things better than we. And sometimes I'm whining to you and you're going, it's enough. You forgot the big picture. I didn't just heal you. I saved you for eternity. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. If your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information about Amazing Grace Kona, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com.
you'll always be there.